The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 22nd chapter. The Pharisees went and plotted to entrap him in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere, and teach the way of God in accordance with truth, and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Whose head is this, and whose title? They answered, The emperor's. Then he said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Early Wednesday morning of this past week, three different people stopped into my office, literally one right after the other, and all of them came with questions about the same thing the war in Israel. The first asked, where in the Bible can I read about how this all began? And I answered, I wish it were as simple as directing you to a specific passage or chapter or book, but unfortunately the best I can do is to say start at Genesis and keep reading. <laughs> and then I gave her some books from my library because while it is true that the roots of the conflict lie deep in scripture, there are historical and political roots as well. A year ago tomorrow, the first of two groups of travelers from St. Philip the Deacon left for a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. After 12 days, the first group departed for home and the second group arrived. We were privileged to see what can only be described as some of the most sacred and holy sites on the planet. We were in the city of Bethlehem, where we visited the Church of the Nativity, the Shepherd's Field, and Christmas Lutheran Church. In Jerusalem, we toured the Temple Mount, prayed at the Western Wall, communed in the Garden of Gethsemane, visited the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, and worshiped at the Lutheran Church of the Redeemer. There, we visited with Pastor Adam Miller Steubendick, who reminded us what a very small, small world it is when he shared that he was a graduate of Gustavus Adolphus College in St. Peter. We walked in the quiet gardens of the Church of the Beatitudes. We remembered our baptisms in the water of the River Jordan. We stayed at a kibbutz across the Galilee from the Golan Heights. And all along our way, we wrestled with our understanding of the conflict because you cannot go there and not do so. During an earlier St. Philip trip to the Holy Land back in 2009, our group met with the then Bishop of the Lutheran Church in Jordan and the Holy Land. 
And all these years later, I have not forgotten how he opened his talk with us. He said, so, you have been here a week or so now, and I suppose you now have thoughts on how to resolve the conflict. <laughs> but let me remind you, it is far more complicated, he said, than what you think you may know. It is complicated, to be sure. But what is not complicated is our calling as Christians to stand with those who suffer. The witness of our Lord Jesus Christ is crystal clear. Love one another as I have loved you. The atrocious killing, along with the grief of those who have lost loved ones, along with the trauma borne by those who have survived, and along with the terror and suffering of those without food and water and electricity, demands our most fervent prayer and attention. This prayer petition was written by the Reverend Leila Kamalik King, and I invite you to please pray with me. God of justice, who calls us to uphold the dignity of every human being, every child of this earth beloved of you. Empower your church to help you heal this terrible cycle of violence and revenge. Give us courage to rise above our fear that nothing can be done in the face of the conflict and chaos of our own creating. Grant us the conviction to advocate for change and to work for the establishment of your peace in this broken world, for your dream of justice and peace on earth, and for us, that we may take up your call to build it. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Amen. And now, we turn our attention to the gospel reading for today. The story that you heard read from Matthew takes place during Holy Week. On Palm Sunday, Jesus arrived in Jerusalem amid shouts of Alleluia and blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. On Monday, he drove the money changers out of the temple. He was questioned about the resurrection of the dead and he was challenged about the greatest commandment. These things demonstrated the escalating tension between our Lord and the religious leaders. In today's reading, it's Tuesday. The Pharisees and the Herodians team up to set a trap for Jesus. It's worth noting here that the only thing these two groups seem to have in common was their animosity for Jesus. Asking Jesus a question about taxation, is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? They were certain that the answer would result in a lose-lose proposition for Jesus. If he said yes, then he would alienate, alienate those who opposed Roman occupation. And if he said no, then he would be liable to arrest by the Romans. So rather than answer directly, Jesus asked for a coin. And then he asked whose image and name were on the coin. After the Pharisees and the Herodians answered Caesar's, Jesus said to them, Give therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And he added, And give to God the things that are God's. 
often this phrase, render unto Caesar, which happens to have its own Wikipedia page, render under Caesar, often this phrase is understood to suggest that some things belong to the government and others belong to God. And yet, truth be told, it's difficult to imagine that Jesus would have seen much of anything outside of the things that are God's. In the words of the psalmist, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. In other words, it is all God's. I'm reminded of a beautiful song by local musician Peter Mayer. It's called Holy Now, and in part the lyrics go like this. Everything is holy now. Read a questioning child's face and say it's not a testament. That'd be very hard to say. See another new morning come and say it's not a sacrament. I tell you, it can't be done. Everything, everything is holy now. Every now and again, we need to be reminded of that truth. Everything is holy because everything comes from God. Examining the coin, Jesus saw the image of the one from whom it came and implied in the answer that he gave to the Pharisees and the Herodians is this. When God looks at you, what image does he see? The words from the very first chapter of the Bible supply the answer. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. You are made in the image of God. And in baptism, you have been marked with the cross of Christ forever. A mark on your forehead, in oil, invisible, and yet permanent. You bear both the image and the name of God. The following is a true story. In 2012, NPR reported about a search for a missing woman who was on a bus tour in Iceland. After a rest stop, the bus driver noticed that one passenger did not get back on board. The other passengers reported seeing her earlier, but not now. The count on the bus suggested that one person was indeed missing. So they began to search for a woman described as about five foot two, dressed in dark clothing and of Asian descent. A total of 50 people participated in the search, including the woman herself. <laughs> the search was eventually called off, but not until after the lost woman contacted the police and explained that she had gone in to freshen up and change her clothes at that rest stop before getting back on the bus. She explained that she didn't recognize the description of herself <laughs> and therefore unknowingly took part in the search. I can't help but wonder if sometimes we don't recognize God's description of us 
if sometimes we don't see ourselves as God sees us, if sometimes we forget who we are and to whom we belong, if sometimes we hold back parts of ourselves from God, mistakenly believing that some parts belong to God while others are for our own discretion. After hearing a sermon on this passage, a parishioner explained to his pastor that, and now in his words, I give to Caesar Monday through Saturday and to God on Sunday. But Jesus makes it clear. Give to God the things that are God's. You are made in God's image and you bear God's name. All of you your entire being, your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, it all belongs to God. Which is why Catherine McCulley said, as is quoted on the back of your bulletin, we belong to God. All in us is his. The prayer we prayed earlier alongside this Bible passage speak to the dignity of every child the holiness of all human life and the blessedness of each and every person. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. May we hold all who suffer, all those who care for the suffering, and all the decision makers in our hearts and prayers. Amen. <laughs>